morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now, here's your host. Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Today we're doing a show on the soul. It's the soul, part one. And in a world that is getting increasingly smaller, and in which people of very different cultures and customs are coming into increasing contact with each other, the realization of the one soul is more important than ever, if we are to have right human relations. Today we're going to talk about the soul and try to define it, how we can recognize it, how we can cultivate its presence within ourselves, and learn to see it in others. I like this thought from the books of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization. The soul is the force of evolution itself. And this was in the mind of St. Paul when he spoke of the Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the soul in how can we define it? It's not easy to define, and our listeners will have to be patient with us as we uh, come at it from a number of different approaches. One um, definition that I like is that the soul is the relation between, or the middle principle between pure spirit, which believers call God, and matter, or the outer um, world of uh, material forms. The soul is the relation between. Another uh, definition is that um, the soul uh, was described in the Bible in Genesis as the garden. If you remember the story of Adam and Eve, they were cast out of the garden, meaning that they were cast out by the soul into the material realm and uh, left bereft of um, divinity for their, their sins. Uh, another definition is that uh, the soul touches both the inner realm of spirit from which it receives inspiration and the outer external world from which it receives impression. And that's interesting to ponder on. Yeah, I like to think of the soul in maybe a, very much the same way, but I like to think of it as that spark of divinity that lies within each human being. There is this divine part of us that uh, we may not always realize, but that is essentially what that soul is. It is the divine essence. And that's what's really meant in that quote that uh, we opened with. The soul 
is the force of evolution itself. And it is that divine spark, that divine quality that links us with God that actually is the force that is moving human um, consciousness and human creativity forward in a very evolutionary way. And that is really what moves uh, all life on earth forward is this divine nature. That's what moves us forward. And is that personal evolution as well? For example, one person uh, going from one point in consciousness to perhaps a better uh, state of mind and a better point of consciousness, would that be the soul also, Dale? Yeah, essentially it is. It's, it's the moving force. It's the motivating force. We don't realize that that's what it is, but it is that divine spark that uh, is moving us, really. It's uh, the the persistence and the driving urge to to hang in there, you might say. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the presence of the soul. There's um, There are times in all of our lives, I think, when we might want to give up and cash it in, but there is something in us that causes us to get up and plod on, pick ourselves up and move forward. That's the presence of the soul. I think that's what you mean by the evolutionary aspect of it. Right. And there's also that beautiful definition from Robert Browning, the poet. He referred to it as the imprisoned splendor. Mm -hmm. I love that expression, the imprisoned splendor that's present within each of us. It's imprisoned within the the personality within the outer persona the what we many of us think is the whole and complete self the physical being with its personality and its looks and appearance and habits and attributes that's just the outer shell in which the soul abides but for a long time is imprisoned yeah and another uh, way of looking at it perhaps is um in relation to the divine trinity uh, we have the Trinity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, and the soul is the middle principle here. This the uh, the Son aspect. The Father is the Spirit, and the soul is the middle, the mediating principle between spirit and matter, as you mentioned earlier. Son, S-O-N, not S- S-U-N. Yes, exactly, uh-huh. Son, and uh, so it is this divine mediator that lies within us. Uh, it has a, a location on it, on its own higher plane of mind, let's say, but there is a, a, uh, a projection of that soul in consciousness into every human being, and it's anchored in every human being. And uh, that factor of consciousness is significant in understanding what the soul is as the middle principle, the relation between pure spirit, which is the spark of divinity and form, uh, soul produces an awareness of being both both spirit, both divine in origin and uh, form, living in the outer world. So the, the evolutionary force of the soul develops and causes the expansion of consciousness within a human being. One begins by having no awareness at all of one's surroundings or of other people. One begins in in apparent darkness and gradually awakens to the world around one and one's relationship to the world and to one's family and to one's fellow human beings. And that 
unfolding consciousness is the path of the soul. And it is the soul that represents um, that high state of perfection that uh, we all try to strive for. Uh, whatever um, whatever we're doing in life, we're, we're trying to move forward and trying to improve our station in life. We're trying to improve our, whether it's our physical body or whether our emotional nature or trying to move forward in our careers. There is that inner urge that keeps moving us towards some kind of perfection. It's often manifesting as a kind of dissatisfaction, isn't it? Uh, That sense that things aren't quite right and that oneself isn't quite right, not quite uh, living up to this standard of perfection that you mentioned that's like a very quiet tape that's playing in the back of our consciousness that knows better and expects more of us. And it's this this, uh, voice that is very silent for a long time, but that gradually becomes louder, that provides this this standard of perfection that we continually strive toward, but usually fail to meet. This is essentially what we are. Every human being is this soul, and we, we tend to identify too much with our physical and emotional nature, perhaps, but really what we are in our very deepest essence is this soul. We are in this world to uh, do a specific uh, job, a duty, a dharma, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, everybody plays a part in this, but um, uh, this is essentially what we are, and that's why we're the, the soul acts as mediator between man and God and it is doing the, the work for God. It is like the agent for God in this uh, work of perfection. That's also why the, the soul is often defined as the knower. It knows its purpose. It knows its part in God's plan. And all human beings are striving in some way to awaken to this inner knowing and to find their place within the plan The soul in its perfect state knows why it's living here on earth and what it is here to accomplish. And we have to try to uh, unlock that that knowing. I think another definition of the soul that's important to consider is the fact that a lot of people think of it as the, the aspect of ourselves that's eternal. I would say not really eternal, but immortal. And there is a, a difference the, the word eternal suggests, at least to me, that uh, this part of ourselves is um, unchanging and will endure forever and ever as it is presently. And I don't think that's a correct definition of the soul. This is where uh, a lot of the confusion comes in with the Buddhist view, which many people say, say does not include the recognition of the soul in the sense that we aren't... Um, Eternal as souls, we are continually continuing to change and grow and evolve. I would say they are right. When we uh, die, we do not enter into a state of being that endures forever in in whatever uh, the state of consciousness is when one dies. Well, uh, that's not true. We continue to grow and expand, but the soul is enduring. And it is persistent. It's uh, immortal. It lives beyond the death of the body. 
How can we recognize the soul? Well, I don't know what Dale might say, but to me one early glimmer of the soul that many of us awaken to as children is the conscience. The conscience Mm -hmm. is that voice within us that says, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And that's probably the first uh, sign of the soul. Um, Another expression of the soul is uh, a sense of responsibility. Mm. Because often responsibility goes against what one would Mm -hmm. prefer. Yeah, that's the first sign. That's the first indication of the soul taking command, let's say, or taking uh, control or influencing over the uh, personal life, the sense of responsibility, which is... You know, responsibility for oneself and responsibility for family, and uh, it works out from there. But uh, also, I think the the uh, what is most paramount about the qualities of the soul, and that comes through, and that's the uh, quality of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the degree through which one can express love in their world, in the outer world, and the selfless of love or the un- unconditional kind of love this is pure uh, soul love it's a pure soul quality and when you see that in people you know right away that there is something special there and it's really in that's coming from within and you're not just speaking about personal love uh, the love that we have for our family and friends and our spouse and so on, but the the impersonal love, too, that you see sometimes between complete strangers that radiates from people simply because of this presence of the soul that sees a connection with others. I think a a sign of the soul is uh, the ability to look at another person, perhaps one who is suffering or in some dire straits and say, there, but for the grace of God go I, to be able to look at one's fellow passengers on the subway and imagine the humanity and the struggle that each of them is going through uh, and to know that uh, we're not all that different from each other. Right, and particularly if it's a a, uh, spontaneous response, if that response of yours is spontaneous, then it comes without any qualifications, without any impediments in the way of that energy and it just pours out automatically, and that's that's true soul love. I think another sign of the soul, an indication of its presence, is the commitment to truth at any cost, even the cost to the personal self. And by that I mean that kind of inner dialogue that goes on within our minds that I mentioned a while ago. The Every time you find yourself trying to rationalize something that happened, something that you said or did, and you carry on this rationalization within your mind in an attempt to justify it, I think that's the voice of the soul trying to be heard over the din of the personality trying mm-hmm. to make a good case for itself. And uh, the, the, the commitment to truth will bring the awareness into the consciousness of uh, wrongdoing if if uh, one is really going to uh, live a life that's based on honesty and self-assessment. And for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our discussion today is the soul. This is the soul part one. And by the way, um, we're giving a, a gift away today. Uh, we'd 
love to give it to you, uh, you a gift called The Science of Meditation. It's a booklet, and uh, so many people are getting involved in meditation. There's some, so many wonderful reports about the benefits of meditation, and uh, I don't think it's hard to get into that state of consciousness, but certainly there are certain approaches to meditation that are important to take if one is to enjoy meditation, and there's been so many reports about health benefits derived from meditation, people who have been nervous and upset who report that uh, having gotten involved in meditation and doing meditation, that they uh, finally have achieved achieved uh, some sense of tranquility within. So you're certainly welcome to call us up and order our book that we're happy to give to you as a gift called The Science of Meditation. So for that uh, book, please give us a call at one 866 Six nine five eight two four seven. That's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven or one eight six six NY Lucis. Think of New York Lucis. And also we have uh, twenty four volumes of uh, books. And of course, many people they buy one at a time, and you're certainly welcome to. But if you'd like to, you can order our books and all order all twenty four volumes, and then you get a twenty four. Excuse me, then you get a 10% discount. And uh, for those books, uh, you can order them through Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, or you can order them from Borders, or once again, you can order them directly uh, from us. Where you, If you order them directly from us, the advantage to ordering them from us is you do get a 10% discount if you order all 24 volumes. Uh, what we're talking about today, all of, all of the discussion today, emanates from the works of Alice Bailey. And... Um, you can certainly find uh, the, a lot of what we're saying in that. In fact, most of what we say on this show uh, relates to the works of Alice Bailey. And it's not uh, easy reading. It's philosophy. It's examining one's life. But it's certainly very worthwhile. If you just enjoy listening to TV and reading escape novels, well, so be it. But if you're in a state of mind where you're interested in the meaning of life, the uh, purpose of our being, what we're here for, uh, where we're going, examining the past, uh, thinking about life in a very meaningful way, uh, then the works of Alice Bailey are for you, perhaps. And uh, one of the questions we frequently are asked is, are you a religion? No, we're not a religion. We're a philosophy, a way of leading life, a way of approaching life in a way that we think is an intelligent approach to life. So if you'd like to order our books, uh, please do so. Um, or, and if you want our free book that we're giving you today called The Science of the Meditation, once again, to purchase books or to uh, purchase a copy, cassette copy of this show or any of our other shows, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Or uh, an easy way of remembering it, 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S, think of New York. Lucis and um, uh, Sarah Dale, I was very intrigued about the second question because of in all my uh, upbringing, I've always been hearing about the soul, and uh, I, I just more or less to sum up what we're saying. I enjoyed that last question. In summary, how do we recognize the soul? Do you have any more comments on that? Well, yes. Uh, there's there are many more ways to recognize it because the soul is the the uh, quality aspect of the human being. We know the soul, we recognize it by its qualities. For example, love is a quality of the soul. Impersonal love, uh, service 
is an attribute of the soul. The the desire to serve is a sign that the soul is present and on duty, so to speak. The person who has an inclusive, open, tolerant consciousness towards other human beings who are different from himself is uh, one who is thinking as the soul, uh, one who is joyful no matter what's going on in the outer life, if there is that inner quality uh, of joy, that's a sign of the soul. Uh, the desire to share, to share money, to share time, to share whatever one has with others, mm. that's an indication of the soul. Yeah, we have to remember that the soul is what gives us consciousness in the first place. I mean, we wouldn't be conscious in this world, I don't think, without this thing called the soul this factor of the soul, it's a, it's a capacity that uh, we have that enables us to become aware, aware of our world around us, aware of the people, aware of ourselves, aware of uh, our divine source. And uh, that that's very important, I think, to, to kind of bear that mind. Interestingly, sometimes people come into deeper contact with their soul when they are going through a very bad patch. For some reason, uh, the friction that's created between the personality, which always likes to be content and happy, and the soul, the imprisoned splendor that Browning spoke of that dwells within us, the friction between those two somehow creates uh, an opening for the soul. So people often feel that if something goes wrong in their life, if they enter into a crisis of some sort, that they've uh, made a mistake, that things have gone bad and gone off track. And in fact, that very crisis might be a moment of real productivity from the viewpoint of the soul because throwing one off of one's standard view of life, kind of destabilizing and shaking up one's perception of life and of oneself can be uh, an inlet for the soul to impress its larger, wider vision on the consciousness. Yeah, it goes right back to the quote that uh, we mentioned at the beginning, the soul is the force of evolution, and the soul is always acting on this personality nature mm-hmm. to move it forward, move it forward. Come on, get off the dime and, and do something Whoa. constructive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's why we we sometimes we sense this striving for perfection, and we look at our lives and say, my God, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not measuring <laughs> up here. And uh, you get very depressed and you go through a state of depression. And uh, it, it's because that, that little voice within you is, is telling you to, to move on. Maybe there is an opportunity here to uh, really uh, look at yourself carefully and, and uh, take real stock of yourself and say, what more can I do? Uh, and then maybe the light begins to pour in when you uh, when you let it. You can also take whatever circumstance you're in, even a bad one, even a crisis, even a, a problem in your marriage or in your work life or a problem with your children, and say, what can this experience teach me? What can I learn from this? I'm in this situation. How can I mine it for the little pebble of gold that must lie within it and that can open you up to the soul because there's no circumstance in life that can't um, 
lead to an opening for the soul, which is wisdom, light, reason, uh, strength, endurance. Those are the qualities of the soul, and sometimes a crisis can be an opening for that uh, wisdom and light and strength to pour in. Yeah, let me see if I understand this now. So you're saying that the uh, uh, depression um, and some of the suffering that we go through in life could very well be a wake-up call from yes. the soul, the soul speaking to us in a particular way to change the status quo. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. The okay. personality uh, is committed to inertia. Mm-hmm. The outer form loves the inert status quo, and the soul needs destabilization sometimes in one's consciousness, in mm-hmm. one's perception, so that one can look at life in a new way, and through a new lens, so to speak. Crisis presents the opportunity. Yeah, I see. Uh, does how do, well, how does one deepen his contact with the soul? I think the soul can be very valuable for us to understand and acknowledge and to communicate with, but how do we, how, how, how can we con- uh, deepen our contact with the soul? Well, there are any number of methods. One is through service. In serving others, we learn to love more. And uh, by service, I don't just mean um, uh, cooperating with the Red Cross or whatever, but whatever circumstance you're in, turning it into a field of service. And that means whether one's in the business world or a school teacher or a housewife or a mother or an office worker, whatever you're in, you can turn that environment into your place of service, which is uh, the opportunity to build better relationships with others, to uh, foster cooperation with others, that uh, is an opportunity for deepening the contact with the soul. Another is through meditation or prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I was just going to say, mention meditation because that's it's very paramount in our work at, uh, at the Lucis Trust and in the Arcane School. Uh, we, we emphasize meditation, and meditation is one of the pillars of the school, the service, meditation, and study. And um, that's why we recommend this little booklet that we give out, The Science of Meditation, because it's it's kind of an introduction. And we also have a tape called Beginning to Meditate that uh, people might uh, like and to can have. Can they have that for free also? They too? may have that it's for free. free. All right. <laughs> I get the credit for that because I brought that out of you. <laughs> and uh, we'll also send along the Science of Meditation booklet along with that tape. And it, it kind of talks about what we've been talking about today, about how to deepen in that contact with the soul. I mentioned earlier that um, the soul is uh, that inner voice that's often not heard. There's a, a, a term for this uh, in the Ageless Wisdom. It's called the voice of the silence. And as I said, so often the outer, active, busy life overwhelms the soul by uh, the din of uh, the very activity and busyness of the outer life. But the voice of the silence can be heard if you create a a place of stillness within your life on a regular basis. That's what uh, the value of meditation is, no matter how busy your life is. If you set aside some time each day to be quiet and to look within and to start trying to hear that inner knower, that is in, that is present within all of us. That guide is available and willing to give its direction and its wisdom if we are quiet enough to hear it. And meditation uh, 
creates the the condition to hear that voice. Yes, and uh, meditation also provides that opening for goodwill, the goodwill of the soul to come right through, and that is the uh, uh, the real moving force in one's life in all relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of goodwill, also is I think that both of you are doing goodwill today by giving away for free the science of meditation and the cassette tape on meditation. So if anybody wants those, as well as purchasing our books, you can certainly call us at one. 866-695-8247. An easy way is one eight six six ny lucis And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It's the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. Uh, it's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's, let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?